0: On the movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna
1: love love? or hate them? Here, Here comes, comes the binge. binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases from our own queer-ass perspectives. I am Jason Leroy.
0: And I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today we're gonna to take a look at three movies: Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, Hunt for the World People, and No Men Beyond This Point. And as always, we're gonna rate these on a three-tiered scale, with Binger being our highest rating. Consuming moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh, and send it back means... Life's too short for that mess. Definitely too short for that mess. Jason, what's up with you?
1: Thank you for asking. It uh, it was 4th of July this past weekend. Two Uh, days ago? Yes. Was that... Everything's two days for you.
0: Two days ahead or behind?
1: So I guess that was two... Yeah, no, that was three days ago, silly. Mm. (laughs) I know you don't trust me on this. I don't. I'm telling you. Uh, So, and I was abandoned by my best friends who all went off together to Palm Springs. Oh no, who went so... to Palm
0: Springs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that when I ask you, what's up with you, Rebecca? <laughs> uh, So I was abandoned to my own devices back here in San Francisco, like a chump. And, uh... <laughs> well, you're not
0: allowed in Palm Springs. Eh? You're forbidden from that place. It you said know no I, fireworks, no Jason Leroy. I don't know I'm what so, you did last I'm time. I'm such you a flamer. I'm a firework. Is you you that what you're saying? It's it very supposed dry to be down a good there. Good thing
1: Katy Perry says a good thing to be a firework. <laughs> God damn it!
0: It's too dry.
1: It is too dry. It's a dry heat. Um, I wouldn't know. I've never been to Palm Springs. Oh really? Yeah, I've always wanted to go. <laughs> um, so instead, what I did was drink myself into a stupor. Oh um, yeah, I literally drank from 1 p.m. to midnight both Saturday and Sunday.
0: Wow! Yes,
1: so it was like I was with you in spirit or in spirits. <laughs> um, and on Sunday, the second day of, of the binge drinking, the binge uh, drinking
0: podcast. Yes,
1: <laughs> I guess I set myself up for that. You really did. Um, it was one of those things where I was trying to prove to myself that I'm still not that old yet. Mm-hmm. Where like the day that started, never works. the day started with just a boozy brunch. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll just go to this brunch, then I'll go home and just hang out and catch up on the DVR or whatever. Then a friend who's in town texts and is like, oh, I'm at this bar, come meet me. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> because I'm, I'm young, I can do things <laughs> like that. So I went from like 12 to, I don't know, two or three at this brunch to three till after eight at this other oh. bar. And then as I'm heading home, the brunch friends text and they're just like, we're in the Castro, want to come meet us? And like everything in my body was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm like, yes. Yeah. You uh did it like a champ. I was like, I'm not old. I can do this. I can do this. Like I'm 26 and hanging out in Dolores Park. <laughs> so um, yeah. So that was that was that was the the, the the spiral despair that that I was set off into by hmm. this abandonment, and just being tormented with photos of people in matching T-shirts <laughs> with a, a, a surprise guest from my past.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, it was just a really traumatic thing, um, and I don't know that I'm going to get over it, but. Anyway, what's up with you, Rebecca?
0: Um, Thanks for asking. Um, I spent the best five days of my life (laughs) in Palm Springs with my closest friends. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been happier. Uh, I was just still riding that high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Weird. (laughs) Um,
1: Too bad you didn't see my friends there. I should have. Just Just been like, hey,
0: dicks. (laughs) I would have known where they were. Um, (laughs) But it was fun, we had matching t-shirts And uh, (laughs) we posted a bunch of photos It was great Uh, After that, um, I don't have any siblings But my wife does And I just met my first newborn baby nephew Ace uh, Who's very handsome uh, And very blonde
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and yeah, I haven't been to work in what feels like a year and a half. I have no (laughs) idea what day it is.
1: And you're not going to be in work next week either. No.
0: Yeah. This is a really a no show kind of 30 days for me. So, um,
1: (laughs) just unofficial. You could just be summering somewhere and work would just not know. I just just vacation
0: like the French just like a (laughs) month earlier. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's super continental right now. I make, uh, yeah, I make, I've been making no sense. I, um, I'm still just. Um, Still drunk from
1: the days in Palm Springs From I that, think, yeah. yeah When and,
0: my drunk person hold a newborn Which was uh, very nerve-wracking
1: Because those things will just stop breathing <laughs> I've,
0: Yeah, they seem like they will
1: They are terrifying little creatures uh, But I, And I Rebecca was... had the DTs So on top <laughs> of know, that I know, all that shaking
0: really just burped him a bunch <laughs> um, I've been very happy I was really looking forward to coming back to this podcast um, Because I haven't been guilted in a long time And mm-hmm. I just needed a routine
1: yeah, um, and it would have been nice if she had come back and seen any of the movies uh... yeah, I have seen
0: none of the movies this week Well, I tried, but one didn't work And uh, the others, I don't know I, um...
1: Yes, we were going to watch one of them last night But then this goddamn baby rolled into the picture <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, baby, that's what I Shut up, say Shut
0: um, So let's get to the first of the movies that I didn't watch um, <laughs> Mike and Dave need wedding dates hard parting brothers Mike and Dave place an online ad to find perfect dates for their sister's Hawaiian wedding Hoping for a wild getaway, the boys instead find themselves outsmart and outpartied by an uncontrollable dude.
1: I'm here with Mike and Dave Stengel. They are looking for dates for their
0: sister's wedding in Hawaii. Let's make these guys take us to Hawaii. We're looking for nice girls. We're going to look respectable as... So we're just, what, two months after Neighbors 2, and now we have another R-rated Zac Efron comedy about girls being bad. Badder than boys, if you will. Um, I will. how, How does this one stack up?
1: Uh, it's not. Neighbors 2, it isn't. Mm. Uh, neighbors 1, it certainly isn't. Although, not for lack of credentials that link it to those films. It turns out that it's actually written by the same dudes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the two guys who wrote
0: those <laughs> How do you get away with that?
1: Also wrote Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Uh, so, you know, so on the one hand, you could read that as them being, you know, woke bays. Who are just you know <laughs> using their white male privilege as, as as studio comedy writers to go around writing about empowered ladies, upending the dudes. But um, I don't think anyone walking out of this one would have been as outraged as that guy after oh, Neighbors Two, who was like trying to put that feminist bullshit down yeah. my throat. That was I, terrible. I don't think that would happen with this. This is based person.
0: on like a book by two total based, bros, right? It's based
1: on a it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, they say I, mean, um, I read this
0: interview that was. Um, an interview with the authors of the book, Mike. I guess it's Mike and Dave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the author was just like, these guys are sweet and they th- are nice, but they're also terrible. Like the they right. and they list just list all these quotes that they have to say about women. Like, mm-hmm. if I had boobs, I would show them all the time, and I don't understand why women just don't do that. And like, I would just want to get fucked all the time, and all I would do is this. It was it was like. A list of the worst lines you could possibly. So I'm surprised this movie is at all even sort of comparable to *Neighbors* 2.
1: Yeah, I mean it's only comparable in the sense that it has the same writers and that it's also about like girls being raunchier than boys. Okay. Um, although I would say in *Neighbors* 2 it wasn't really about the girls being raunchier; it's about them mm. being kind of more wild and more powerful. Yeah. And yeah, in this, yeah. in this, because they weren't
0: that particularly raunchy. If anything, they they were. They didn't like the fat parties that were like yeah, super... exactly. Mm-hmm. This
1: is sort of a dumb and dumber type situation. Okay. There's no like real genius at work on either side. Um, either the two dudes or the two girls, they're all dumb. <laughs> um, it's just that the girls are slightly more conniving than the guys are. And the guys have this kind of just wide open, oblivious sense of privilege and entitlement and just kind of are... Just oblivious. Oblivious is the word to describe the characters played by Zac Efron and Adam Devine in this film. And the girls go in for the kill. And uh, because these guys have put up this ad that they're looking for these perfect wedding dates, they are confronted because their sister, who's played by an actress named Sugar Lynn Beard, Mm. who is a find. Yeah. She's very funny. I just saw her on another period last night. So she's starting to get work. She's very distinct because she has a very high kind of little girl voice. Okay. Um, and uh, and she's she's just hilarious. So she their sister is getting married. she's engaged to Sam Richardson from Veep. Oh um, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. so and I believe he was also was he not also the black fiance in neighbors too that he was with Abby Jacobson?
0: Oh yeah, yep.
1: so mm-hmm. yep, same role once again. Wow, yep, exact, same role. And uh so yeah, the, now the sister's getting married and she's like, you guys have to get your shit together. We can't have you wrecking this wedding the way you always wreck all these other weddings you go to because you were a couple of wild and crazy guys. Mm. And um, so, you know, so it is kind of funny this setup because you're wanting to see them fail and suffer yeah, <laughs> because, sure. because they are awful. And we've had it very well established that they're just these like douche nightmares. And you're just waiting for these two girls to come and just destroy them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what happens is not exactly that... Uh, because it ends up having to be sort of like an actual love interest thing starts to come mm. up between Zach Efron and Anna Kendrick. Um, it is sort of refreshing how non-romantic it gets between Aubrey
0: Plaza and Adam Devine.
1: <laughs> uh, she just continually says horrifically mean things about his physical appearance. Oh, nice. Um, and which is appropriate. And uh, so, yeah, so they're...
0: Because they're, divine he is not?
1: Because divine he is not. Or, or, or according to our... Our online translator. We consulted <laughs> for how to pronounce his name, Adam Devine. Adam Devine. Adam Devine. So, uh, yeah. So it's 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 sort of yeah. It's a lot dumber. It's a lot less aspirational. Mm-hmm. The neighbors too. Um, it's sort of just like a quick, cheap, dumb laugh.
0: Okay. I don't know anything about Something like that <laughs> <laughs> That's not what all You're saved in my phone as <laughs> um, So Anna Kendrick plays The date for Zach Efron And Aubrey Plaza um, For Adam Devine um, So are they like Are they like buddies In this movie?
1: Yes and apparently In real life as well Ooh, uh, yes, That sounds so fun it's, 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 the, it's the sarcastic Petite l- new brunette squad goals
0: As if Are they fun to watch?
1: They are fun to watch uh, It's a weird thing Anna Kendrick Try to play dumb um, because mm-hmm. it kind of goes against everything in her natural kind of character and energy to not be the smartest one in the room. Who's right. like she's so sharp? Yeah, who's so sharp and just cutting side eyes at everybody else. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's the dumber one, and Aubrey Plaza is the more scheming one of the two. Um, so she, Aubrey is the Romy, if you will. <laughs> and uh, so they are fun together. Um, but it feels like the movie is not really letting them be as nasty as they want to be.
0: It's like neutering them?
1: It's neutering them a little bit. There's a really telling bit over, there's an outtake reel that plays over the end credits. Mm. Like in all the most highbrow comedies. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Every movie should have one. Um, and, uh, and there's a scene of the two of them just like riffing. Mm -hmm. And it starts to get like very blue very quickly. (laughs) And Aubrey Plaza says something like, She's like, dude, she's like, you will be as fresh as a dick in the morning. And then Anna Kendrick says, dude, have you ever sucked a dick in the morning? Like, they're not, they're not that fresh. And Aubrey says, I brush my teeth with dicks in the morning. And uh, and then there's a guy off camera you don't see who just says, okay, enough of that. Uh, and uh, Aubrey Plaza goes, well, Fox doesn't like that joke. Because this is a major Studio Fox film. Right. And so you see that like, they have, I and mean, these are two very funny women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is they're, they're definitely sort of hamstrung by this movie's uh perceived notions of like how raunchy can it get, right? And like how how bad can they be with it, but they still need to be likable. We need to be able to like bring them back in somehow when that needs to be redeemed. So it's very you know, it's very
0: conventional, uh, in that sense. So, other than these two, um, there are a lot of cameos in the movie, other big star cameos. You have Mark Marin, um jake johnson any standouts there
1: kumail, kumail nanjiani yeah. oh. kumail nanjiani has a just a breathtaking scene in this film so i i have the hots for kumail nanjiani Fair. uh and i in million years would have thought that i would be gifted with a scene like the scene he has in this film in which he gives a nude sensual massage to the sister <laughs> and it's a very gonzo Over the top Like him Like suspended nude From a swing Like slapping butts Back and forth with her Kind of thing <laughs> And uh, And it's it's It was It was a treat It was a treat He goes all in uh, On the nude physical comedy uh, In this movie So uh, so yeah Kumail stole the show uh, For me
0: Again Again Um What are we gonna give this one? What are you giving this one? Oh. I haven't seen it I can't give it anything <laughs> Um, I'm going to say,
1: <clears throat> um, I'm going to say consumer moderation. Oh, it has some laughs. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's, it's, I feel like as we've talked about in the show many times, the worst thing a comedy can do is just be unfunny when it tries to be funny. Right. I feel like this movie mostly lands when it tries to be funny. Um, it could have been a lot more raunchy. It could have let the girls a lot more off the leash and been a lot less interested in redeeming them at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, that part is kind of like, eh. It also definitely has a preponderance of female nudity and mm. no, I think, yeah, I don't think any real male nudity aside from Kumail giving some some side butt. <laughs> so thanks, Kumail. Uh, so, but yeah, it's 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 just a cheap, easy laugh. This is not a thing to go out to the theaters to see. This is like if it comes on HBO at like one thirty in the morning, you just got back from the bar, then this is, this is the movie you
0: watch. Then Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates is out now and it's rated R for crude sexual content. Language throughout, drug use, and some graphic nudity. That brings us to movie number two, which is Hunt of the Wilder People, which is our pick of the week.
1: Pick of the week! Pick of the week! Pick, pick, pick is a pick, pick of the week!
0: A boy and his foster uncle become the subject of a manhunt after they get stranded in the New Zealand wilderness. This is Ricky Baker. Apparently, he's a real bad
1: we're talking disobedience, stealing, spitting, running away, throwing rocks, kicking stuff, loitering, and graffiti.
0: There is no one else who wants you, okay? Um, this movie looks hilarious. It's uh, made by the director of uh, writer-director of Flight of the Concords, who also made Eagle versus Shark and Boy and What We Do in the Shadows. Taika Waititi, how does this compare to the those other films?
1: I think it's very much of a piece uh, with those other films. And with, you know, Fly the Concords, he was like one of the rare directors working on that show. Mm-hmm. And he certainly has emerged as one of the most sort of pivotal filmmakers coming out of New Zealand over mm-hmm. the last decade. And he has, there seems to be sort of an auteur kind of vibe with these films he makes are of a piece with one another. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of critics want to try to compare him to Wes Anderson and and, and say that he kind of ha- is like, yeah, just like the Kiwi wes anderson but i think that there's a the sense of humor this this very sort of sweet deadpan Mm -hmm. quality his films have where things are just slightly exaggerated slightly heightened and you know there's generous helping of sort of sarcasm and and light hostility um but then there's also (laughs) genuine sweetness and affection Mm -hmm. and uh and i think that the balance that he finds tonally between those things in his films is so remarkable and uh and and really, it's just about the hilarity. Uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh yeah, was so good, and it was such a sleeper because that's a film that like no one really heard about. No. There, was, there was no marketing. There's no promotion for it, at least stateside.
0: I thought it would have gotten more um, attention because it was from or it starred the guy from the Flight of the Conchords. Right, and, and, and it yeah, didn't.
1: and, and Tyco was also one of the stars in that movie. He oh, also oh, acts. Really? In, yeah, yeah. In this film, he has a, a very funny scene as a inept um, priest giving a, a sermon at a funeral. Uh, and uh, he, that film was such a word-of-mouth thing. That was something that mm-hmm. like purely based on people seeing and telling their friends to see it became such a widely viewed and loved comedy. Right. And um, and after this, this might be the last we see of, this is going to be sort of like the last hurrah of like the first stage of Taika's career because he is directing the next Thor movie.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's that's direct- a bleep.
1: He's directing Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> or it could be run your rock. A, we'll could, look it up later. Could be a soft G. Um, so uh, yeah, so he's making the jump. He's been he's been brought up into the big leagues. There is a big sort of action climax scene at the end of this film that some read as sort of, sort of like a test reel that he may have sent in to be oh, like, wow. look, I can handle an action scene. And uh, and I'm excited to see what he does with Thor uh, because I mean, I don't think that he wrote it,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: you know those are you know all the Marvel films benefit best from that kind of just quirky sense of humor kind of underpinning all the seriousness, and I think he'll be very good at bringing that to the table. But
0: what's another Marvel movie that kind of does that?
1: Um, like Avengers, oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. Captain America. I, uh, you know, I can never get my my <laughs> between Marvel and houses, DC right. Yeah, and... yeah. So you know, so I think that this is this this is, in some ways, I think it's his most fully formed, perfect little movie. Um, So I think this is a great sort of um, parting shot before he jumps into the big leagues. I'm sure he'll be back to make other small films after Mm -hmm. Thor Ragnarok, but (laughs) for now, we have this, and it's wonderful.
0: Uh, Last week, we we reviewed the BFG, and you... um for lack of a better word hated the uh, child star of that movie
1: she knows what she did
0: (laughs) um and this movie also the protagonist is uh a kid um are we gonna be are you gonna hate this guy too or we are we this kid all right
1: this kid is all right uh he is he's 13 years old Mm -hmm. uh his name is
0: julian dennison
1: julian dennison So the thing that struck me immediately about this kid, uh, is that he is, he's basically sort of like the 13 year old young male Maori equivalent of Rebel Wilson.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. I could see it.
1: Like He is funny in the exact same way (laughs) as Rebel Wilson is funny. Rebel Wilson, when she first appeared, Mm -hmm. and we were all like, we've never seen this before. Right, Like, just her timing and her cadence and her sense of of rhythm and humor. Like, he is very, like, he, he holds his face in the same kind of, like... Incredulous, kind of like <laughs> what, uh, as she does, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's in, but and yet he does, he makes it his own. He's not doing a Wilson impression. He just so happens to that's just
0: not down under humor.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, where is she from? Even I was Australia. Be, isn't is, it? She, is she from Australia or is she from South Africa? I thought she was from Australia. I don't know. I can never tell them apart. But um, point being, um, this kid is very funny in a Robert Wilson way. Um, he is. The entire reason this movie works as well as it does, uh, he's just he's just perfect. Like he 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 knows how to sell every bit of humor of his character because his character is not like cracking jokes, you know. Right. Um, and yet you just want to laugh like every second that he's on screen. And also, you know, if you watch the trailer, you hear that there's like fat jokes that are made about him. And he even plays the reaction to those well enough to sort of justify them being there. Hmm. Like the character, everything is is very character-based in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this young actor, it's only his third film. Oh, wow. And this is a lead role. And, uh, and he's just so confident. I think that's another thing he has in common with Rebel Wilson is just this kind of just superhuman confidence in himself as a performer. So you you never see him doubting himself for a second on screen.
0: And there's action in this movie as well, which is kind of a, an interesting play between it's just like like a comedy and then also an action for it, like a yeah, the young actor. It's
1: kind of yeah, this movie is kind of an action comedy. It's also kind of a drama. Um it's yeah, it's it's
0: it's cool. An action dramedy?
1: An action dramedy, I think we nailed it. Um
0: and the this kid is the movie's about this kid. Um and and I think you you've even said once that movies about kids tend to do best when they sort of like engender some sense of instant nostalgia. I may have said that. That does is, sound like me. It does sound like you. Um, just the, all the quotes I pull from you. Um, <laughs> is that true here? It is true here. Um,
1: so first of all, there is a very fun eighty synthy new wave original score, mm. which is I feel like that's just such an instant easy way to win over a certain generation yeah, of absolutely. Boom-goers. All you need to do it could be like the shittiest, most boring movie in the world, and you give it like a synthy eighty soundtrack, and we're like
0: in. <laughs> uh,
1: so they know that they apply that here. It works uh also um a thing that gives some nostalgia is the sight of sam Neill running around the wilderness with a young boy whose life he's trying to protect
0: hmm sounds familiar does it though
1: <laughs> it does jurassic park vibes y'all
0: they're strong in
1: this uh so um so it does it does give you some bits of 80s and 90s um mm-hmm. if you're looking for that but i think that also you know The mills can watch this one and not know any of those things and still appreciate it. (laughs)
0: Um, So this movie is a pick of the week. You're giving it a binge it. Be sure to go out and see it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just a real, it's a real delight, guys. It's a real, this is a, this is a summer sleeper. Go find it. Uh, It's already been in New York and LA for, I think, two weeks. It's opening in San Francisco today. So go find Hunt for the Wilder People.
0: It's out now and it's rated PG-13 for thematic elements, including violent content and some language. And that brings us to the last movie of the week, which is No Men Beyond This Point. In a world where women have become asexual and are no longer giving birth to males, a quiet, unassuming housekeeper named Andrew finds himself at the center of a battle to keep men from going extinct. By the end of 1957, three out of four babies born were coming from fatherless impregnation. And every one of those mothers gave birth to a girl. The government needs to acknowledge it, or they are going to be sorry. Women take over, and guess what? We live in a world where there's no wars. So we're two months from the whole cycle starting all over again. But Jason, here we go. You saw this at Toronto last year, correct?
1: Uh, I did. I wonder if this will be the last time I say it. God only hopes. Uh, yeah, I did see the Toronto last year, last September, and it was one of my favorites of the festival. It was just something completely unexpected that I walked into just based on the description, and I was like, well, "That sounds kind of funny. I wonder if it is." And uh, and I saw, it, I want to say, like it was like an eight AM screening or something, and I was like, "This is delightful." <laughs> and uh, and I fully owned that there could be um, film festival bubble effect at work there. Mm -hmm. Um, Rebecca and I started to watch this last week um, And unfortunately it did not, we couldn't finish it It was a defective copy But um, just based on rewatching the first 35 minutes or so of it again I was like, okay, this is maybe a little slower than I remember
0: Yeah, that's my my takeaway from the first uh, part that we watched together Was um, one, uh, I think you can tell from the trailer But it's a mockumentary in the style of Christopher Guest but it's also, um, the trailer spliced splice together very well and uh, the timing and it's a little bit more quick. Mm-hmm. It's a little slower watching the movie.
1: It's Canadian, is, is what you guys should know. It is very Canadian. It's a Canadian movie. It's Canadian AF. and It really is so very Canadian. It, yeah, it's very, it's very just like polite and quiet mm-hmm. and, and, you know, smart and respectful white. and super white and uh and yeah it's a little it's a little slow there's 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 no such thing as a really wild fast-paced canadian film I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> can kind of <laughs> venture that lots of them are filmed in canada they're all filmed sure, in vancouver but in terms of an actual homegrown canadian filmmaker it's a little harder to find a little slow just um, no back to our friends north of the border who will be who will be turning to in our time of need financially <laughs> later this year
0: Um oh we have a big listener base in like Australia, New Zealand. I wonder if they'll like our review of um, the ones we acquired accidentally. Accidental (laughs) listeners. Still (laughs) working. I don't know. All right. Um, Guys,
1: we love you. Love you down under. Should we come visit you guys? Let us know. Let us know.
0: Um so instead of like uh projecting what this would look like in the future, this movie actually rewrites the last sixty years, the the time of where women start giving birth asexually and only to, to women baby female babies starts to happen in the Baby 50s. Baby women. Baby women. It <laughs> um, starts to happen in the 50s, and they sort of, like, redo um, archival footage um, mm-hmm. in the style of this new history.
1: It's incredibly clever. Like, mm, I, yeah. I, I, even though I started off by saying, like, oh, maybe this wasn't as good as I thought it was, I do want to, like, the the premise is fantastic. Yes. And it's incredibly clever. They've thought of a lot of great little details for, like, things that would have happened differently throughout history, things that would be different today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, all, it's all very and well done And like sort of done.
0: the way they explain The history of the last 50 years From this point of view now where it's like Men aren't necessary so it's like they look back And when they're looking back at like when this first happened And how all the different governments are um, Don't believe it's happening but they're like well, What would you expect all the governments were run by men And then they mm-hmm. do show some footage of like Eisenhower And like um Khrushchev and, and stuff and, and mm-hmm. they, but it, it's like that can you believe like all of the governments were just men right that was hilarious.
1: yeah yeah lots lots of little jokes like that for the
0: ladies <laughs> but at the same point there's a parallel story where it's this sort of documentary about this one youngest man left and he's the housekeeper for this um female couple I I again, I haven't seen the whole thing so I don't mm-hmm. know if they're actually like a couple are people lesbians in this society they, they
1: touch on that a bit. Um they they kind of say that a lot of the some of them are love relationships and others are just sort of partnerships where mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now two women are going to pair off and they're going to raise a family. uh, so yeah, so not necessarily they're they're it's very post it's very post um boundary um mm-hmm. orientation wise in okay. that sense sort of like in this all female world, there's no more need for you know the oppression of of labels on sexual orientation.
0: So what I was sort of expect what I wasn't expecting in this movie is that they're very sympathetic to this sort of last guy left. He's like, they look at him as sort of like, um, he's uh, cause there are other men, but they're all way older. They're all old men, mm-hmm. um, before eventually they all die off. Um, so they're really sympathetic to him. So it's like looking at this world, um, now where, you know, there are no, there are no men in power, uh, men aren't allowed to congregate in groups of like three or more, and they're mm-hmm. like uh, mocked for being too loud and like right. masculine.
1: Yes, yeah, so they don't want to hear all your man voices, moo moo moo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good um,
0: scene. But but they but is there a sort of a love interest with this 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 guy and. It's almost like it defeats the purpose of the movie because I feel like I would have enjoyed it a lot more if they weren't and then sympathetic to this one guy left.
1: I know, like it's 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 it, it wastes so little time before just getting into the, I mean you know it's being played for comedic irony, but like a ima- man mm-hmm. you know just like oh let's imagine what it would be like if women talked about men as this like sad endangered species they feel so bad for them. But since, you know, so, so it kind of works a little bit, but then also you're like, I don't know that it works well enough to still be funny to be like, oh, poor men, they have it so hard. It's because there are so many men who are saying that still today.
0: Right. Right. Uh, I feel like with this whole concept you created that's so well executed, mm-hmm. you could have just made it about so many other things and not gone right, back and And not
1: there. ultimately made your one male character like the point of your entire plot.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. Yeah. And especially that's about that he's like irresistible. Mm-hmm. Um, right, you know, so it turns into this almost like weird, like lesbian sex farce, <laughs> uh, uh, or, or, or AKA your honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know we have one the the more feminine presenting half of the couple is attracted to him mm-hmm. and you know so it's sort of like this forbidden romance playing out against this you know this backdrop where men are forbidden and men are only you know most women don't even trust it and it'll allow men to their homes as 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 domestics let alone as lovers as partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So it's, it's, it's questionable. I think that, you know, you and I are on the same page that this, we, no one would have watched this movie without that and been like, you know what that needed It was a plot about men. Exactly. Um, but this
0: is made by a white male director, right? It is.
1: It is. And, um, you know, so on the one hand, kudos to him for kind of the concept and for how thoroughly he, he imagines what the present day would be like with mm-hmm. all these things that happened and all the ways that the world would be a better place. But then also, kind of ultimately, the point of the movie is like, but there should still be men, though, and you know, which is like, okay, fine. I guess you're not gonna have that many people being like, no, <laughs>
0: well, I, I disagree. Mean, maybe
1: <laughs> you're gonna like this podcast. Nobody asked for me instance. to vote. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it it still has, and there's a lot more stuff that happened with men over the course of the movie because they show like they are like wilderness camps that the men are like confined to. Oh, really? Yeah, like there are all the other, most of the other men are like. They're basically living together in camps in the woods. <laughs> and, um, you know, so things start to really boil over. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it, it does undermine a bit of its power by having this storyline that's based around this like just dopey middle-aged white dude yeah. who's some, for some reason irresistible. And all the female characters. I was like, wait, is this movie actually going to fail the Bechdel test?
0: Right? Because, do they ever talk about anything but him? Because <laughs> the women are always talking about men. No.
1: So you That's know, it. in whether whether mm-hmm. in the historical flashbacks they're talking about the men who were around back then, or in the present day, all the the women in this family are all like, "Oh, he's handsome." And there's and,
0: absolutely nobody of color in this movie.
1: I don't. I mean, no. There and there's a the, there's an the Indian woman. Oh right, right, who's, right. Who's a yeah professor?
0: It's like an anthropologist.
1: Yes. Um. So, but you know, with, I don't know. So I really, I wish we could have finished rewatching this and mm-hmm. in its entirety. But I do remember really enjoying it and thinking I think that I think that this is gonna be a fun rental so this is this is on iTunes now to rent and uh, I think it might be bypassing the theatrical release altogether in the United States but it is going to be on iTunes um, as of today and I think it's gonna be a fun rental um, because like it is it is just a dry funny mockumentary that Mm -hmm. you know envisions this Alternate utopia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's not rated, but it would probably get like a PG-13 for thematic content. Yeah. And, uh, you
1: know, and I would say that I would probably, mm, I mean, I still want to say binge it. I still want to say yeah. that I would binge it, um, you know, just because it's its such a small movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and it's getting no marketing, no push whatsoever. And it's only because I happened to like catch the screening of it that I was like, "Oh, this I, I like what this movie is about." And, and you know, I like that it it's it, it, it things that give you joy and delight at film festivals you really cling to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and uh, this was one of those for me. So I I really yeah, I suggest you guys give it a chance. Go check out No Men Beyond This Point
0: on iTunes. Um, and that is it. That was our last movie of the week. That's it. Next week, we're going to be doing a special edition show. We didn't think we were going to be doing a show next week, but we will be able to see Ghostbusters. So we're going to do a uh, dedicated show just to the new Ghostbusters movie. I'm very excited about that. It's
1: going to be coming straight from the theater, fresh Mm -hmm. in our minds, ready to spill.
0: Um, So be sure to stay tuned. If you um, have trouble keeping up on things like that, just subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you want to chat about what you thought about any of these movies this week or uh, movies in the future, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Fight Bounds. Jason is at the Jason Leroy. And thank you so much for listening. Bye guys.
1: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end, that's amazing. That
0: there goes the, the binge. binge.